Well, good morning. You know, it's always funny when you come out of a weird season and, uh, you know, everybody tells you not to shake hands or say hello or, you know, come into close proximity with one another. And then you ask people to say good morning to one another and everybody's like, uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. So congratulations on successfully making it through a good morning. Um, we're all moving forward together. <laughs> But we're grateful to be together this morning, grateful for what God is doing in our, in our church and each one of our lives. Um, we have amazing things happening, and, and we're thankful for your partnership as we work to bless Options Pregnancy with their change elopes. Um, I think you might have to have a um, PhD to be able to construct the little, the little box. There's, there are some instructions on there, so hopefully that'll help you, but you, you might be a little more crafty than I am. But we are grateful to be able to partner with uh, organizations like, like Options, and so we're thankful for the work they're doing in our community. But as we get going this morning, the last couple of weeks we've uh, been in this conversation regarding the importance of spiritual disciplines as a regular part of our lives, and really beginning to talk about spiritual habits. And as we discussed, in order to effectively begin to add the right things into our lives, the right habits... Sometimes we have to evaluate and maybe even remove some of the elements of habits in our lives that aren't bringing strength to our walk with Jesus, that aren't bringing us closer to Him. And so we have to be in that place of evaluation as we embrace the things that God is desiring to do. You know, last week we unpacked the foundational components of the, of the spiritual habit of Bible reading. We talked about the importance of of diving into the Word of God and really truly understanding the, the plans and the promises of God as they pertain to our lives. And that as we read the Word of God, it reads us and, and there's this, this aspect of God's promises that come alive when we engage Scripture in a meaningful and purposeful way. Today I want to turn our attention uh, to look at the spiritual habit of prayer. And prayer, like Bible reading, is a foundational component of our journey of faith. It is... It is part and parcel, the, the component that, that, that connects us to God. And understanding that we serve a loving God that God desired through His sovereignty, through His love, to have connection with His creation, He made a way for us to come back to Him. Through the, sh- the shed blood of Jesus, we had access to the Father. And it's truly amazing to, to think that in the midst of the craziness of our lives and our days, that all we have to do is, is stop and pray and acknowledge God's presence in our lives and we have a direct connection to the Almighty God. That's, that's an incredible promise. And yet, sometimes it's something that we tend to take for granted. So as we, as we dig in today and we really begin to, to strive to understand the power of prayer, we have to understand first the posture of prayer runs contrary to culture. The posture of prayer is, is in direct contradiction to what culture would say would be important for your life and mine. You know, too often the response to the circumstances of our lives, both good and bad, is often one of chalking things up to coincidence. Oh, this great thing happened at work. I'm so glad I was, I was in the right place at the right time. Oh, you know, I, mi- I just missed that accident. That was a coincidence that... You know, I wasn't there earlier. I could have been involved in that. And we tend to look at things through the lens of I was lucky or I was real fortunate instead of seeing and sensing blessings of God. 
You know, there's a story of a, a small town that had historically been a, a, a dry town. If, you, if you're unfamiliar with that, it means it was an alcohol-free town. You know, Monmouth was that way for a number of years. But there was a bar that was going uh, to open up on Main Street. And upon hearing the news, the only church in town organized an all-night prayer meeting asking God to intervene. The congregation told people in the community about their plans, and while they were praying, lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. The owner of the bar sued the church, claiming the prayers of the congregation were responsible for burning down the bar. And of course, the, the church hired a, 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 an attorney, a lawyer, and, 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 and the claim was we're, they were not responsible. After hearing both sides, the judge said, no matter how I decide this case, one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer while the church doesn't. Some of you will get that later. But the, the question is, do we really truly believe in the power of prayer? Are we a church that believes in prayer? Because if the same thing happened to our church, would we take responsibility for the answer that we received and and praying, or would we think it was something else? Like a coincidence. You know, prayer is, as a regular discipline is, is often not our first priority. We tend to go through life, and, and, and life circumstances kind of come and hit us in the face, and we, we often go to prayer as a last resort. Something that maybe we think to, to, to do after the fact. We tend to substitute the importance of posture and a lifestyle of prayer for, for hard work. If I just work harder, I'll accomplish my goals. If I, if I set good goals, prioritize my time and energy, then I'll be able to make my dreams and my desires a reality. We fall into the trap of hard work and being a good person and, and putting good things into the universe. If I put the right things into the universe, the universe will bring the right things back to me. We believe that the good and bad in life will somehow come as a as a, as a matter of, of karma or, or coincidence. I don't know about you, but we, we have a tendency to wake up with, with a, a lot of things on our minds. Right? You wake up in the morning and, and uh, prayer and faith and belief kind of begin to take a back seat because you know, we immediately think about the priorities of the day or sometimes we think about the things that we brought in from yesterday that were still concerned and stressed and worried about. We, we deal with the pressures of, of, of work. We think about the stresses that are coming in the work day and the meetings that we have to have and the difficult conversations that are going to take place. Sometimes we struggle through the family dynamics of relationships and things that are going on in our home or in our family that weigh on us heavily. The truth is, we daily have the choice to follow culture's model of, of, of life and success or to disrupt the norm and create the spiritual habit of prayer in our lives. It's a choice. We get to choose how we face the day. But we have to come to a, a place of understanding that prayer is born out of relationship. Prayer is born out of relationship. If we truly are in relationship with God, if we're truly in lockstep with Him, then prayer is a natural part of that relationship. Any good relationship is spent in quality time together. 
conversation and interaction, whether it's with your spouse or your kids or family members or friends. And time spent in an intentional relationship with God naturally brings us to a greater level of praying and, and believing and hearing from God. It's just, just the natural outpouring of a strong and devoted relationship with God. But the difficulty is we face a myriad of distractions that often keep us from truly being able to experience real intimacy with God. We're distracted by all the things that are going on in our lives and in our context. You know, I've shared before, I'm, I'm about as, as ADD as they come, right? It's, you know, my, my life is kind of wrought with distractions, and I, I have a tendency to get distracted easily. And so sometimes I find myself kind of living life like, like Doug the dog. Have you guys ever seen the movie Up? You know, Doug, you know, with the little, little he's the talking dog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys get it, right? And that's, that's my reality. It's like, you know, I, I get to that place where I'm like, God, I want to thank you for your incredible blessings. I want to give you this day and pray that your will would be done in my squirrel. You know, and you're just kind of like, all of a sudden, the attention is shifted. And what was I doing? And maybe your prayer journey is, is similar and you struggle to find solitude in the context of your relationship with God. Perhaps you can relate to uh, the writer Greg Morse. He wrote a blog uh, uh, entitled, Desperate for Distraction, Why We're Bad at Being Alone. This is what he says. As I finally settle into the stillness, distractions offer themselves from all sides. My Father who art in heaven, I begin to pray, hallowed be thy name. In my city, exalt your name. In my life, why are my feet so cold? After I tiptoe back with, with socks on, I kneel, where was I? Oh yes, exalt your name in my life, Lord, and please make your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wait, what was that sound? Is that one of the kids? What time is it? Can't be. It's like glance down the hall, I notice books disjointed on the shelves beside me. Hmm, I should really read holiness again. I still can't believe Amazon shipped that book with the damaged corner. I should have returned it. Packages, packages. Wasn't something supposed to come yesterday? What was that again? And we find ourselves purposefully setting that time aside for time with God and and our minds drifting. The distractions taking over. And we have to overcome those distractions in life. And once we overcome the distractions, we have to additionally learn how to, with thanksgiving, bring our prayers and petitions to God. And then, we, lean, we need to learn to shut up. I know, I know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say shut up in church either. right? We didn't let our kids say it in our home for a number of years until they just stopped listening to us. But we truly sometimes in our prayer lives and our prayer journeys, we need to learn to shut up. Because too often, we just keep talking. We just keep talking. One of the greatest struggles in life is being willing to stop and to listen. And we all do it. Conversations with friends, we wait for someone to take a breath so we can impart you know, our profound wisdom and opinions on whatever conversation or topics being discussed. 
interactions with our, our spouse or our kids, we, we're not really listening to what's being said, right? We're just masterfully crafting our, our witty and, and genius retort to whatever's being said. I know none of you guys do this. Meetings with people at work, we, we go to work and we're, we're busy and we sit in these important discussions and we get so wrapped up in our own ideas and our own perspectives and projects that we hijack meetings and conversations with what we feel is most pressing and important. And we don't truly listen. And the unfortunate reality is, is we tend to do the same thing with God. Right? We tend to go to God with our, with our order. It's like, you know, God, I need a, a large dose of Your blessings. I need a medium portion of Your presence with, with Your guidance on top. No, 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 no guidance. Wait, yes. Yes on the guidance. And then a side of your healing. And you know what? I'll take a 64-ounce outpouring of your Spirit. No ice. I understand. That's a ridiculous interpretation of our prayer lives. The reality is that it is often how we come to God. We come to God with this mindset of, of rushed and in need of, 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 our, of our fast food order of, of help and blessing. And we want what we need and we want it now. God, show up and show up now. But how often do we stop long enough to hear the voice of God? To truly sense where He's leading us and to really understand what He may be doing in the details of our lives. Because it takes intention. To truly embrace a, a meaningful life and rhythm of prayer and belief, we have to first prioritize time with God. Uninterrupted, undistracted, uninhibited time with God. You read Scripture, God is not a God who shouts. He speaks to us in what? A still small voice. And when we rush about, when we, when we engage the chaos of our days, and then, and then the moment that we decide to pray is when we're going to sit down for the chips and salsa at the restaurant with all the craziness going around, and that's when we're going to hear from God? No. No, He desires to speak to us in those silent moments, those intimate moments where we engage relationship at the greatest level. You know, Jesus throughout Scripture shows us the importance of prayer. And truly, Jesus' example is one of, of continuous prayer. You don't have to read Scripture for very long before you see Jesus praying. Jesus, fully God, fully man. I mean, if, 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 if you don't have to be a theologian to, to, to think Jesus probably didn't need to pray. And yet, Jesus wanted to be in lockstep with God the Father. And if you read the New Testament, you'll see these amazing examples of, of Jesus' prayer life in His, in His ministry. And it should grab our attention. It should shape our spiritual journey. Look at how many different times we see just in the New Testament, Jesus Himself, fully God, fully man, intentionally praying. Luke 3.21 now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while He was praying, heaven opened. 
But here Jesus is, the Messiah, the one sent to save the world. He gets baptized and he prays. Matthew 14, 23. After Jesus had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and it was, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6 46. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5.16 But Jesus Himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Jesus. Praying. I, can, I think we can all see the, the, the priority that, that Jesus put on, on continuous prayer. And that it existed in all facets of His life. Ministry. So, how much more should you and I, who call ourselves followers of Jesus, have that same attitude and posture of prayer? If we truly call ourselves Christ followers, wouldn't we want to behave in the same manner? Wouldn't we want to prioritize prayer at the same level of importance, maybe even more importance? How much more should you and I? who are not God, but who call ourselves followers of Jesus, have that same attitude, that same desire to engage Father God in prayer. The pastor and evangelist F.B. Meyer said this, the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Too often we get wrapped up in has God answered all my prayers? I prayed for this, and I prayed for this, and I prayed for this. And that one, yes, no, 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 yes, yes. And we get more focused on what God's done and less focused on who He is. And that He deserves our prayer. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our worship. And He deserves that relationship that He's given us. And our text today is found in, in Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there. If you don't, you can jump on your, your mobile, as the Brits say, and uh, check the Version Bible app. Colossians 4, starting in verse 2, says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. What does Paul say? Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves. Paul's challenge to the, the church at Colossae and, and, and to us is to devote ourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. That as we pray, we would be attuned to what God is desiring to do in and through our lives. and We would have thanksgiving. What does that word devote mean? The, the Webster's Dictionary definition is to commit by a solemn act to give or, over or direct 
our time, money, efforts, resources to a cause. You know, the Greek word that Paul uses in this passage of Scripture is prosyuke. And it means to attend to constantly, persist in, adhere firmly to, or remain devoted to. Prayer addressed to God. You hear those words? Attend to constantly. Persist in. Adhere firmly to. These aren't like passive words. Like, hey, you know, if it's convenient and you feel like it, you know, if, if, if all the, the elements of life are, 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 are set up for it, spend some time in prayer. It'd be a good thing. No, Paul's saying pray. Pray persistently. Pray constantly. Adhere to His, direct, his directive is one of constant engagement. You know, biblical examples of prayer include not only petition and thanksgiving, but also asking questions and listening and God answering. When we quiet our hearts, God's desire is to answer. But in order to hear God's response in prayer, we have to be listening by reading the Bible and quieting our hearts. You have quiet moments in your day? You have quiet moments in your life? Or are we on sensory overload all the time? If I'm not sleeping, I'm watching. If I'm not watching, I'm surfing. If I'm not surfing, I'm posting. If I'm not posting, I'm who knows what. We live in a, in a, in a world of sensory overload. And it takes a great deal of intentionality quiet our lives. and Quiet our hearts to hear the voice of God. You know, we used to play around with these. Held up a compass last week and nobody knew what that was, so I'll just tell you. This is a walkie-talkie. A little electronic device and you press the little button you talk into it. But we used to, we used to play around with these as kids and, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody at some point played with a walkie-talkie. Maybe not Kids these days, they use Voxer or something on their phone that acts like a walkie-talkie. This is a walkie-talkie. Anyways, we used to use these and we'd go run around the neighborhood and we'd you know, talk to each other on our walkie-talkies. Hey, where are you at? You know, breaker, breaker, come back. You know, got your ears on? Whatever. I was never a trucker, sorry. Um, but we would use these and, and you know, inevitably after you, for five or ten minutes, you get bored of talking to each other and you'd, you'd, you'd start pressing the little call button it was like beep 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 you know and you'd act like you know morse code and you know you're sending messages to one another and uh you know inevitably there would always be that one person that would be on the walkie-talkie that would start talking and then they'd stop talking and then they'd hold the button down you're like yeah nobody nobody can hear anything now you gotta let go of the button but sometimes that's our spiritual life talk and we 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 talk and talk. And the Spirit of God can't get a word in edgewise because we just keep holding the button and talking. We've talked about our tendency to wordiness a few weeks ago, but using big words to try and sway the hand and the heart of God, that's not what He desires. You know, God, You're so sovereign. And you're so omnipotent and you're omniscient and you're powerful and you're mighty and you know 
we want to try and impress God with our vocabulary. And He's just saying, no, I just want to spend time with you. I want to hear your, your voice. I want to hear your heart. I want you to sense and experience my love. He wants that intimacy. Now, Jesus encourages us in Matthew 6 to offer simple prayers. God's desire is that we would come to Him with a sincere heart. Not full of all this craziness, just a sincere heart. One that's open to what He's desiring to say. One that's listening to His voice. And Jesus tells us to be persistent. In Luke eleven nine, He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It's a persistence in prayer. It's, it's not a one-time, hey God, are you there? Hey, you know. No, it's, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need your power. I need your voice. I need your direction. I want to know your heart. And a person who's persistent in prayer does not necessarily have to pray for a long time. Simply people who have developed a habit of prayer and practice that habit of prayer regularly. Do you have a time set aside to pray? Do you understand that, that that prayer is relationship? It's engaging God in relationship. You know, George Mueller was known as one of the, one of the greatest prayer warriors of our time, and he had this to say about persistence in prayer. If you're going to take up your cross and follow Jesus, prayer is not an option for you. If you're going to be like Him, you will pray as He did. He was persistent in prayer. And as His followers, we are commanded to follow His lead. Jesus prayed constantly. And if we want to truly be followers of Jesus, we would do the same. We would pray constantly. We would ask God's direction and guidance. We would ask for His provision. The reality is the decision to pray comes out of a deep faith and trust in God. That decision to pray comes out of relationship. It comes out of that faith and that trust in God that consumes us to the point where all we want to do is be in communion with God. All we want to do is be in relationship with Him. All we want to do is hear His voice and understand what He's desiring for us in this moment. Choosing to step into a lifestyle of prayer, truly a spiritual habit of prayer and belief, begins with a heart of complete faith and trust in God's plan. When we trust Him, when we trust what He's doing, it makes it easy to believe. When we're all about what we want to see in life, then praying and believing for God's plan and purpose becomes secondary. Too many times the posture of prayer is one of trust in your own understanding and desires. Right? Pastor and author Francis Chan in his study of how Christians have often failed to understand the purpose and power of prayer says this, don't just go and start talking. Come silently. Come slowly. Be careful. Chan says, as I, as I look at the way the disciples prayed back then and I look at the way that Jesus taught us to pray, I realize it's a lot different from what I was taught. 
prayer to them was really different. They asked for things that were different from what I typically asked for. Think about these phrases now that we've been saying for years that maybe we didn't mean. We used to say, give us this day our daily bread. We're, we're asking for our daily provision. Truth is, I think, if God gave us just our daily bread, many of us would be angry. That's all you're going to give me? You're just going to give me enough to sustain me for today? What about tomorrow or next year or 10, 20, 30 years from now? I want to know that I'm set up. Yet Jesus says, just pray for your daily provisions. Pray for what you need. Just pray that God would provide. Is it hard for you to pray and believe for God's desires? Because we often get wrapped up in what we desire. And that becomes our prayer. And that becomes our petition. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or do you prefer to pray, God, let My will be Your will. Paul was always concerned with doing the will of God. How many of our prayers are directed at the expansion of God's eternal kingdom rather than the expansion of our petty ones? If you were able to chronicle your prayers, knowing how much time you spent praying for different things, how much of your time would be spent praying for your family, for their health, for the health and well-being of your loved ones, compared to how much time you were praying for the lost who are headed to hell? Because Jesus' mission was simple. Seek and save the lost. It wasn't show everybody how great I am. Enter the world in a majestic, amazing way so they can understand who the true Messiah is. No, He desired to serve people and to save the lost. When we truly trust God with every part of our lives, it makes it much easier to rest in His perfect will. Because we know He's working. We know He's good. We know His promises are yes and amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever asked, I, I want to know what God's will for my life is. I want to understand His purpose for me. I know I'm not an accident. I know He's created me in His image. I want to understand the will of God. Well, thank you, Paul. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pretty simple recipe, yeah? And yet we overcomplicate it. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. You know, choosing to place your faith and trust in God's plan and purpose will lift your prayer life to new levels of belief. Because now all of a sudden we're not wrapped up just in what's going on right here. We begin to lift our eyes to what God is desiring to do in eternity. The people around us who need hope. The people in our families who are struggling who need Jesus, who don't know Him. 
concluding thought today is this. Prayer activates our faith in God to believe for the answers we cannot see. God is a God of the unseen as much as He is a God of the seen. And His desire is to meet you both in the natural and the spiritual realm. He desires that our faith would grow outside of just purely what we can see and sense. As we step into this new season, what are, what are we praying and believing God for? What are you praying and believing God for? Are you believing big? Is your faith God-sized? Because the temptation can become to merely settle for the things we see right in front of us. Pastor and author Mark Batterson said, prayers are prophecies. They are the best predictors of your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers becomes the script of your life. Are you believing for just what you want? Because that becomes the script of your life. Are you believing for what God is desiring? Because that becomes the script of your life. Trust and believe in an almighty God who knows the beginning from the end. So are we willing to pray big prayers? Are we willing to have God-sized dreams? If our faith in God is based simply in the aspects of life we can see and sense and feel, we may be short-sighted in understanding what God is desiring. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. God is about as, as much about the seen as He is the unseen. He desires to bring those things that are not seen to fruition in your life. Those God-sized dreams. Because the miracle working power of God is released when we place our faith in God's perfect will and ability. His perfect will. The Bible says as Jesus went on, two blind men followed Him calling out, have, have mercy on us, Son of David. When He had gone indoors, the blind men came to Him and asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then He touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Guys were bold. They knew what they wanted. And it was big. Because they had been blind for many years. And yet their belief was in the power of Jesus. Because of that, they were healed and their sight was restored. Batterson says, bold prayers honor God and God, God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. Your prayers aren't impossible to you. They are insulting to God. Your prayers are possible through you. And why do we need God's help? Why do we need His power, His provision, His presence in our lives? But when we believe for bold things, when we believe God for the impossible, things happen. So there's three things I, I, I want us to remember about our prayer lives. Things that, that we should be examining as we pray. Here's the first thing as we prepare to close. Examine your heart. Examine your heart's attitude, right? 
Because prayer is fellowship with God and is, is a direct reflection of our relationship with Him. It always involves, involves our heart. So if our heart is in the right place and position with God, we're going to be more apt to understand God's desire. Two, measure your words. Prayer begins in our hearts, but it makes its way to our lips. This is what the psalmist means in Psalm 19 when he says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God hears what we say. So examine your heart, measure your words, and thirdly, release your life. How can you expect God to take you seriously in your prayer life if you are not at least willing to participate in God's answer to your prayer? Do we pray, God, I need this and I need this and I need this? Okay, thanks. Take care of it and get it done. And we walk away? Or do we say, God, use me. Use me to reach my family. Use me to reach my neighbor. Use me to bless somebody today. Can we seriously pray for lost people to come to Christ if we're not willing to share with them? Can we honestly pray for God to meet the material needs of someone else if if we're not willing to contribute some of what God has entrusted to us? You see, if we're going to be effective in our prayer life, we must first be sold out and willing to take action when God responds. Because sometimes when you say, God, will you save my dad? Will you touch my, my brother's heart? And he's saying, yeah, I will. I want you. I want you to share my love. I want you to be the one who brings hope. We have to be willing to step out with God's presence and power, knowing that He's going to take us. He's going to speak the words through us. Your involvement may be part of His answer to your prayer. Where is God desiring you would step up and step out in your spiritual habit of prayer? Let me very simply encourage you this way. Let me encourage you to pray. Talk to God. Spend time, intentional time in prayer in those quiet moments. Even a quick prayer is a start. Maybe you say, I can't, I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm not, I'm not built that way. I can't spend 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours in prayer. I just can't do that. I've got the Doug the dog squirrel thing going on. Start small. Five minutes. Two minutes. Quick prayer is a start, and it's, it's far better than no prayer at all. God desires relationship. He, he desires that time spent together. He desires to hear our hearts, to share our worries and our concerns, and to be the answer that we're looking for. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Father, we are so thankful. We're thankful for Your love. We're thankful for the relationship that You invite us into. 
That God, You loved us so much You sent Your Son so that we could have life. That we could have relationship. That we could have a direct connection to You through the power of prayer. What a humbling gift to know that You loved us that much. That You would call us Your children and You would be our Father. That we could come to You with our hurts and our hopes, with our dreams and our desires, our victories and our defeats. That You hear us and You desire to speak to us. Oh God, that we would quiet our hearts. That we would find those intentional moments in our day where we get alone with You in order to hear Your voice. In order to sense Your presence. In order to understand what You're desiring to do in and through our lives. Father, we ask that You'd help us. Help us to be intentional. That we would spend time in the Word of God. Spend time reading the Bible. That we would spend time in prayer allowing those promises to become alive in our lives. God, we wouldn't just trust in the things that we want, but we would truly rest in Your perfect will. Knowing that You have good things in store for us. That You know our beginning from our end. Every moment in between. God, we surrender our lives to You today and we ask that You would speak and move and bring about the breakthrough Show us those areas of our lives and our hearts that we still have yet to surrender. and Help us, God, to give over control so You can do the things that You're desiring to do. Father, we worship You and we love You. Perhaps this morning you are in that place of saying, you know what, I, I, I want to understand, I want to I know what that presence of God feels like. I, I truly want to be in that relationship. Perhaps you, you, you've, you knew God and you were in a relationship before and you've, you've run away and, and you find yourself struggling. You try to do your own things. You try to live out your own dreams. and It's all falling down around you. God is a God of prodigals. He's calling us back to Himself. He's saying, come back, my child. I love you. I have good things in store for you. So if that's you this morning, He's calling you back to Himself. Perhaps you've never had that relationship. You've never known what it means to know God intimately. And your desire is to step into that relationship, to make the decision this morning to follow Jesus with your whole heart. It's the greatest gift when we step into relationship with Him. To know and understand that He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. So, we're going to say a prayer and we invite you to say this prayer with us. Each and every one of us has made that decision to intentionally say yes to God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And that life abundant is yours through Jesus. So church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Father God, Please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. 
And He died and was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with You. I ask You today to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for You today. In Jesus' name, Amen. What an amazing blessing to be welcomed into the family of God. To know that our lives have been set apart for His purposes. This morning I'm grateful for what God is doing in your life and in mine. I'm grateful for this challenge that we have to come back to this place of discipline in our walk and our journey with Him. Hopefully you've been challenged and encouraged today. As we uh, prepare to close and our, our prayer partners are available to you if you'd like to have a prayer following the service, um, I want to share a special announcement um, this, this morning as we clo- close out the service um, in regard to a change that's happening in our leadership team at Neighborhood Church. We've made the determination it's, it's time we move in a, in a new direction uh, with our associate pastor role and have made the very difficult decision to release uh, Pastor Matt Novak to further pursue his passions and gifts in the areas of worship and fine arts. Matt and Carly have, are dearly loved by our church family and our congregation, and they have made a significant investment in our church over the past two years, and they will be greatly missed. Um, we've met with Matt regarding our decision, and we'd ask that you uh, be with us this coming Sunday, the 23rd, to honor and celebrate the Novaks in both our services as we pray for God's wisdom and direction they pursue His will for this new and next season of life and ministry. We're truly grateful for Matt and Carly. They're up at PK Retreat this week ministering to our pastor's kids throughout the state. Um, And we're so grateful for them. Uh, Grateful for the the love that they've placed on our church. And we're truly excited for what God has in store for them. So would you be praying with us over the the coming weeks um, as they step out into this new chapter of ministry? And uh, we know that God is going to be faithful to direct them to the, uh, the perfect, per- perfect environment. So I'm grateful for your uh, being with us today. And like I said, as we continue to step out into this new and next season, find those opportunities to engage purposeful, meaningful relationship with God. We have more of the life journals. We ran out last week. It's a good problem, but we got some more of the life journals. So if you didn't get one last week, they're out on the table. Please grab one of those. We pray God's blessing on your week, and we know that God has great things in store as we step into His purpose this week. Let's go out, be the neighborhood. God bless you, and have a wonderful week.